Welcome to the Life is Relationships podcast, where we share biblical truths about marriage, parenting, and discipleship. The desire of CTCI is to see individuals and families restored in their relationship to the Father and for them to be empowered to have thriving, godly relationships that impact the communities around them. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have three very special guests working with us today that are going to be here to share about what it is that they do and what it looks like to live um, live a life of ministry outside the four walls of a ministry and how they love on people within their specific areas. And so I'm just going to go around and have everybody introduce yourselves. So I'll just go ahead and start over here with... I'm Laura. I work with special needs kids. Um, and also I work with staff at a school. So Okay. Yep. I'm Miriam and I work in foster care. Cool. I'm Richard and I work with at-risk youth, youth who have gotten in trouble with the law, and we're trying to get them on the right track. Awesome. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Um, I wanted to bring you all together because you carry a very unique and different perspective on what it looks like to to love people outside the walls of ministry. And oftentimes people picture serving God as only working in ministry or a church. And how do you feel like God led you into your career field where you get to serve people outside of what looks like a typical ministry? Laura, I think we'll go ahead and and start with you. Um, So I've been thinking about this um, a lot, actually. I have loved education my whole life because my mom was a teacher. Um, But I think the whole idea of living your life for the gospel outside the walls of the church came because my parents did it. I mean, Dad stopped it. He was a nurse. Later in his life, he was a nurse. And he stopped at every accident he could find just to pray over people to see how he could support them. My mom fed the homeless. She took us to homeless shelters as kids and cooked huge vats of soup and just took care of people. I don't think we ever saw it as being relegated to the four walls. I think it. Jesus wasn't in the four walls for most of his ministry. He was where the people were. Exactly. So the reason we go outside the four walls is because that's where the people are. Yeah. Um, I, we weren't raised in a family where our dad was a pastor and our mom was a pastor's wife, but they lived the gospel. Daddy built an apartment when I was little for the homeless. He turned a garage into this just really simple apartment. So I feel like it's it's just been in us since we were little that this is how you live your life. You've been apprehended by the love of God. You get to give that away. So That's so awesome. And actually, for the listeners, Laura and Miriam are actually sisters. And so there's some of Miriam's background. But Miriam, tell us a little bit of what drew you into the field that you're in now. I love working with people, and I believe that relationships really is where my heart is for the work that I do. So being able to work in social services where you see some of the greatest need is why I'm in this field. That's awesome. And Richard, what is it that drew you to the field that that you're in now? Well, it's sort of, I haven't told a lot of people this, but it sort of started when I was younger. Um, in my high school years, I sort of uh, got along with everyone, um, the good kids, the bad kids. Um, and I went to summer school, and I remember there was a kid I was sort of, I had a good relationship with, but he was he misbehaved. He got kicked out of the class and things like that. But I always, I was, always had it in my heart. I wanted to work with kids like that. I want to show them love, you know. Because God has shown me so much love, and I wanted to spread that. I wanted them to experience love. Because I know sometimes 
uh, children are misunderstood. Some are just straight out rebellious, but a lot of times there's other things. There's a root cause. So that's what really I always loved um, working around teenagers um, versus like little toddlers. So I think I think the Lord just kind of cultivated that within me. That's awesome, man. Um, and all of you, you're in such unique, different fields. Um, so you get to see God show up in different ways in the work that you do. Can you give an example? I mean, and I understand we have to be sensitive to um, just the privacy of others, but is there, can you provide any examples of how you've seen God show up in the, in the work that you do that has just been encouraging for you that has kept you going when maybe something has been, been difficult? Do you want me to start? Sure. I think the problem would be probably for all of us to narrow it down to one. But um, I have a a guy I'm working with right now who um, just has trauma in his life, Um, things that we can't go back and fix. Um, But he comes to my room, to my classroom, to kind of touch base just to know I'm there. He knows that whatever he says, whatever is going on in his life, um, I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to encourage him. I'm going to tell him who I see he is, no matter what he's dealing with or what he's got in trouble for that day. Um, we have the honor of loving the least of these. And, and I get to see that every day. I get to see kids who um, just are disenfranchised have, and are hopeless. Uh, really, like I said, I think the thing would be to narrow it down to one example where God shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Miriam, how about for you? I would say just this morning I was talking with a foster mom whose heart is to take in every child that shows up in care. And I would say that um, seeing people's heart for the community and for the children and the parents and and just stepping up to that need, I, it feels like a privilege to work in this, in this area. That's beautiful. When... Do you ever, and this is kind of a a side question off of that, just because I'm curious, do you ever come across um, in your work, is there ever a time that you have to help somebody that that they want to help in that way? They want to use, talk about this mom that wants to take in every single foster child. Is there a way or are there times where you have to help them not take on too much? Than, than what they're actually capable of taking on because they have such a big heart they want to help. But oftentimes if they if you take on too much, it can actually not be beneficial. Sure. And I think in this field that we're all working in, it's easy to just keep on taking on and, and build that kind of weight upon ourselves. But I would say that it's important to have others in our lives that are able to see that and kind of cut through that. But also... Um, you know, prayer, I think, is our most powerful tool so that we get to turn that back to God and give Him that weight. But not only that, see Him show up as, you know, I'm talking to this this one mom in particular and saying, hey, it might not be you, but you know someone that it could be. Your heart is for this. You're probably surrounded by people. So let's think about where that gap is and we can we can figure out how to fill it together. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, Richard, how about for you? Um, With the work that I do, a lot of times I don't get to see the fruit of my labor, but the Lord will show me different things. For instance, there was a young man. He was 
one of the hardest young men we had. And um, but I would pray for him. My church would pray for him. But as I continued working with him, uh, the therapist actually said to me, "I am so proud of you." And I said, "Why?" And she said, "He said he can tell that you love him." Mm-hmm. And um, though he did a lot of different things, uh, misbehaved, I stuck with him. And um, then it it just a shift uh, occurred. Like he would ask for hugs every time I came to work. Um, and another instance was um, a young man, he wrote me a letter, and he said I was the father figure he never had. So different things like that, God will just do, use these things to encourage me. And I see the prayers actually being effective because it was actually one young man, he was about to do something he shouldn't have done. I wasn't even with him, but he told me a feeling came over him. I believe that was God that really intervened in that situation. So God will allow me to see different things that will keep me going and not get weary and well doing. Man, that's so encouraging. And what you just shared there is is complementary to what Miriam said about how prayer is like is your most powerful tool in this field and what you get to do because it, you're recognizing that you're filling a need and that you're having an impact on people's lives, but you know that you can't do it on your own. And to be able to walk in continual relationship with God and relying on him to stay fulfilled and to keep going is it, it's, we're seeing it in the three of you in a very practical way that, uh, that oftentimes like people, I think even within ministry can sometimes over spiritualize things but what you're doing is that you're walking this out. You're walking out this relationship in a very practical daily way, because the truth is, I think all of you know, as we should all know that we can never do any of this on our own. It's just, it's not possible. It's not possible to sustain a life of serving and loving others, unless we're in relationship with the father being loved by him. And when we know that, and we know that identity about ourselves and who loves us, whose we are and whose we are, Mm -hmm. it's, it just makes all the difference in that you get to impact people in that way because of the, the fields that you're in, y'all have a very unique perspective and a behind the scenes look at what it's like to work in these, these fields where there are gaps in how the church takes care of these people. I mean, that's just the truth of the situation. It's not a, um, it's not a, a, a condemnation or uh, a critique, but it's an observation in the reality that there are areas where the church lacks and they we, we, we miss it sometimes. And so would you be able to share maybe one or two ways where the church and believers, whether it's in the local community, they're able to come, come alongside each of your fields and support those areas better? Yeah, I don't mind starting on that one because I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And we have one church in particular who has asked, you know, how do we help support the work in foster care that you're doing? And really, it's pretty practical in a way of if you're already serving, what are you already serving in and step into that more fully. So there's this particular church already hosts families and helps them to um, be able to have their visits there and host them in that way. And so I said, there's a connection already started. So practically, it makes sense to start there. And that's an easy first step. 
So I think that almost it's easier than we tend to make it of looking outside, trying to say, what's this big need that I can fill and be the savior? And really it's, what are you already doing? What's already in front of you and and practically keep it simple. Yeah. Keeping it simple. Sometimes, I mean, you're totally right in that sometimes people overcomplicate it and make it seem like I have to start this whole new thing in order to be effective and supportive when the truth is it's like, just look at what you are closest to and what you can do to continue to serve these people better. Laura, how about you? Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, Alicia Williams just had a word, um, last week at church and she was talking about just like whatever's in your hand, what do you have? What's already there? Use it. Um, so there are things like time that you could serve foster care. You could serve children in need. I mean, we have um, severe, profound teachers here who pay out of their own pocket to care for um, kids in, in public schools. Churches could adopt a school and just um, the people inside that church, everybody donates and makes sure the kids have fresh clothes and, um, you know, hygiene items and there are a million ways but what's in your hand right now what do you have what can you do with what you've been given Um, just practically if you have time volunteer tutor some of these kids they allow tutors into public schools who knows what the lord would do with that Um, if you have money donate to these teachers who are taking care of the least of these just they're washing them I, i sat in a classroom a few weeks ago and they were literally taking kids in, brushing their hair, brushing their teeth, putting clean clothes on them, and then sending them on to class. Those kind of things. There are needs, simple, simple things that you can do. Um, just what's in your hand and do something with what's in your hand. Don't. It doesn't have to be big. Yeah. Richard, how about you? Well, for one thing... Um if people could pray for the people who are in these positions, because we need we need the prayer, mm-hmm. uh, we need wisdom, we need strength, we need. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just need the uh, the Lord to keep filling us, restoring us, and also for the Lord to send more people that are in relationship with Him in these positions, because we can um, do what we can do. And they can move on and be successful scientists and things like that. That's that's all fine and dandy, but really the word of God needs to be um, imparted into them, and the love of God needs to be uh, just shown to them because you know the word says, "What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul?" So we really need people to pray for us and for more people to get into these positions that love the Lord. But also, I will also say I'm gonna be. I'm going to wrap that up. Sorry. Um, no, you're good, man. Keep going. Okay. No, it's good. <laughs> also, um, maybe see what type of events you could probably throw for these uh, youth and whatnot. Um, I'm starting to see, like, life is relationships and how important it is to talk to someone. Um, I take the kids to my church, and one of the young men, they actually talk to him about how he carries himself. And then um, they talk, the woman of God actually spoke to him about what they would actually look for in a a man. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, he's not going to want to come back. But he told me, they don't talk to me like that at the other church. So that 
that um, communication, that interaction, he liked that. Even though it was correcting him, he really liked that. You know, they had they embraced him and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's about it. Pray for us. Pray for more people to be in these positions that love the Lord and see what type of things you can do. Maybe um, events or um, visit, visiting, maybe doing a little worship session and, you know, things like that. Man, that is so good. Um what I love seeing throughout this conversation is that all of you are portraying different parts of how to be the practical hands and feet of Jesus in not just the work that you do, but what you're calling other people to do. And it's not just about money. It's about what can you do? Laura, you're talking about people coming to just tutor and give these kids clean clothes. You're talking about uh, Miriam. You're talking about just get involved within the foster care system in some capacity to where you can show that love of Jesus. And Richard, you're talking about, look, if nothing else, just pray for God. us. Just pray for us and and pray more people into these fields to continually be the light and love of Jesus to these young kids that, that need it. Because that interaction, dude, I'm so proud of you. I was trying not to get emotional earlier in that. You know, because, you know, we've been friends for, for a while and, you know, we've walked through some stuff and to see you where you are and to hear that you, like you have kids that are looking to you as that father figure because they don't know, but what they're seeing in you, in that patience, when you feel like you're being impatient in that, in that love, when you're like, oh my gosh, I can't give one more thing to this kid. But what they're seeing in you is the love of Jesus. And because of how you live your life, that in itself is a huge testimony to them. And it's beautiful to see. So thank you. Thank you all so much for coming and talking. And I hope that this is something that's impactful um, for other people. I'll make sure to put some resources in the show notes of where people could, could do a little research to get connected in, um, in the North Carolina area on things like this. So thank you all so much. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And we would love if you left us a review. For more information about CTCI and our upcoming programs, be sure to check out ctcilife.org. This podcast is a production of Christian Training Center International, and it is produced by AJ Selby and Seth Stradling.